0: This podcast is brought to you by AD Banker and Company, an approved CE education provider for nearly every insurance and financial advisory firm in the U.S. When your next CE deadline rolls around, click on adbanker.com. If you don't see our name on your preferred provider list, call your home office and ask them to add us, adbanker.com. Braden Dragoo has built a successful business providing insurance, estate planning, and financial strategies to business owners farmers, and families. His most valuable client service is developing a roadmap for each client to help them navigate the potential financial risk that could prevent them from achieving their critical financial goals for business and for family. Professionally, he has been honored locally as the New York Life Agent of the Year and nationally as a member of the Chairman's Council. He is also a member agent of the Nautilus Group, which is an elite group of producers and also the Million Dollar Roundtable. He serves on the board of numerous academic and community association groups, and Braden graduated from Wenatchee Valley College and Montana State University, where he played basketball and he studied political science and history. He is an outdoor enthusiast, and he and family live in the central Washington community of Wenatchee. I'd like to welcome uh, Braden Dragoo in Wenatchee, uh, Washington, with uh, New York Life. Uh, welcome to our program, Braden. Thanks for having me. Say, tell us a little bit about our listeners. A little bit about what you do there in uh, Central Washington.
1: We are a planning a planning firm. We we sit down with business owners and individual families, and really just have conversations around the areas of their goals, objectives, when it comes to not just their personal lives but their financial lives. And we, we take a, a holistic approach to planning and kind of looking at all areas of, of their wealth and how to create wealth and how to, how to preserve wealth.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. It's, uh, how many clients do you have uh, now or policyholders do you have?
1: You know, over the years, it's added up, and we've we've added a a group benefit division into our company, and called Legacy Benefits Group, and it's extended to about 57 different different groups, or a lot of different school districts as well, and so that's added quite a few clients, but we look at each of those as more of one group as one client. Um because we might go into a district and have a couple hundred clients just yeah. getting out of that one enrollment. Yeah. So it, it's really different. We segregate kind of our clients. So I say core clients, I would say about two thousand yeah. core clients. And when you add in all the group benefits that we have, um probably takes that you know notch up over, you know, seven thousand clients. It's it's a lot of lot of individual policies depending if it's insurance or investment products, um mm-hmm. a lot of those group plans they're they're smaller type products and maybe it's more just a a product driven relationship but it's still a still still a valued client
0: for right. us. Yeah. yeah. Say so, uh what's your hometown? Did you uh grow up in the Wenatchee area?
1: I was born here in Wenatchee and lived here when I was young and then my, my parents, my dad was an electrician. He actually moved the whole family up to the Okanagan County area. And we, we grew up in, in Omac, Washington. And so that's where I went to, went to school and graduated high school. And, uh, still, you know, that's, that's where I was 20 some years. That's where I was raised up about two hours north of where I'm, where I'm at today.
0: Huh. Omac, Washington. Isn't that the place where they have that, uh, that horse race, uh, where they stampede down the hill and through the river and into the arena?
1: world famous uh, Omac Stampede and suicide race and it's an amazing Native American, you know, tradition that they've been doing for years and um it's it's a great PRCA rodeo. Uh, so it's a, obviously the biggest biggest event uh the second weekend in August every year in Omac, Washington. It's it's a big Big deal, packed
0: uh, every year. Yeah, you know, when they include suicide in the title of the race, it made me a little hesitant about uh, signing up for that. Were you ever a party of of that race or being involved in it?
1: Never, never involved. I graduated and, you know, grew up with lots of some of my really good friends that have ridden the hill. And, um, you know, we grew up with horses, riding, and um, never – Never would go to that extent or that extreme. That's a, that's a whole different level of, uh, I don't know, you could say craziness, I guess, <laughs> to go down that hill.
0: Yeah, yeah. Say, uh, uh, when you, uh, now you grew up there and then, uh, you went off to college, I believe it was, and, uh, played basketball. So, uh, uh, at the Wenatchee Valley College, I was reading, uh, were you on a scholarship?
1: I did. I stayed home. I went to the local junior college and played here for two years. Under uh, my coach Greg Franz, and had a good two years here at Wenatchee. I, I loved my time here at the junior college, and it was a good fit for me. And and uh, then I finished up after I played my two years here. I, I went on a scholarship out to Montana State Billings in uh, Billings, Montana, and and finished my years playing playing out there. So I, you know, definitely enjoyed those playing college years.
0: Yeah. Were you uh were you known as a, an outside shooter or were you the inside guy?
1: Well, I think in high school in high school I was, you know, more of kind of just doing an everything type of thing. Coming from a small school, you have to you have to be able to shoot the three and you have to be able to dribble and go to the hoop and, and uh distribute the ball and kinda of be the quarterback leader and still be able to go down low and you know, I guess, you know, bang with the big guys inside because of a, coming from a small school. But in In college the rule the roles really were defined and and I started taking shape that I was really more still so a guard and more of a shooting guard, penetrating guard uh, versus you know a forward or a three three four my My role is more, more of a a two three yeah. type, type position
0: yeah, well, that sounds uh like it kept you busy during your college years and uh, now what did you study when you were in college?
1: Studied history and political science, so it was it didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was in college. Um, the thing I felt like I, I wanted to do was maybe go on to law school after I got my bachelor's degree in history and political science, and maybe continue down that area and be an attorney. Yeah. But I really just enjoyed history, so that's kind of why I took the the course that I that I did yeah. with with not knowing kind of what the end result would be at the time.
0: Yeah. Now, was your first job in insurance, or did you do something else when you got right out of college?
1: Well, during college in the summer times, I would I would fight fires on a 20-person crew for the, for the U.S. Forest Service, and so that was kind of my summer job, and then I'd say my first like a real, you know, official job is I worked for a sporting goods company out in Billings, Montana called Shields All Sport, and... Mm-hmm. it was a good fit for me because it was a people job and they gave you a base pay, but they gave you an incentive, a commission based incentive. So it really taught me how to, it really taught me how to hustle. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was, it was in a sports store. So it fit me. It mm-hmm. was, it was hunting and fishing and, you know, football, basketball, sports. It was kind of a variety store that had everything, which yeah. again, I've, I like that yeah. arena so it's kind of a fun place to work.
0: Yeah. Now how did the, how did you come across the opportunity to uh to get into insurance and financial services?
1: Well, the, the after I graduated, I came home to actually Omac and the local New York Life agent, uh, Dennis Carlton, He was uh he was leaving one day and he was driving down the street of Omac, a little teeny small town, and, you know, on a Tuesday afternoon, he was pulling his big boat and nice nice rig and, you know, gassing up and headed heading out to go boating. And I, I, I knew him, and he had, he had watched me play basketball and kind of grow up in, you know, a small community. Everybody knows everybody. And so I just stopped in and said, hey, Dennis, what are you doing? he said, oh, I'm going boating at Lake Roosevelt over above, you know, Grand Coulee Dam. And, you know, I said, oh, you're just going over there for the day? And he said, nope, I'm just going for the rest of the week. And I thought, that's interesting. And, um, I just said, well, Dennis, what do you do? And he said, you know, you know, come talk to me next week. I'll take you out to eat and, you know, I'll show you what I do. And I kind of just left that, you know, conversation even before I, you know, sat down with them the, the next week and just kind of said, well, you know, I asked him, I just like, what, what do you do? What, I want your life. Like what, you know, how do I get your life basically not knowing anything about financial, not knowing anything. It was kind of just like, you know, how do I get Dennis's life basically? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was what intrigued me to, you know, to follow up with him and go out to eat. And the next week he he took me out and he sat me down and he kind of went through some stuff and it was pretty simple kind of looked at it and said, well, I can do that.
0: Yeah. Now, once you get, uh, you get started, uh, were there any uh, obstacles that uh, you had to overcome personally? Uh, or, you know, uh, what did you really struggle with in the beginning uh, when you started your business?
1: Well, you know, I started the business in, you know, 2000, late 2007, 2008 is really when I started. And that was a tough time. Economy-wise, for I mean, everybody knows during that time period there was a lot of, you know, markets were crashing. Um, there was a lot of financially, it was a scary time, and that makes it that makes it interesting. Not not so much on the insurance side of things, but it also makes it. You know, I I started out doing full financial services right from the beginning. It really makes it hard to have people have confidence, especially in a young person coming in at 24, 25 years old, not having any gray hair, and the market's down, for people to have trust to say, hey, let's invest this money, when you have the media and you have all these negative things coming out that everybody hears all this stuff and they believe it, and they really don't know how it works. So, the emotion and the attachment that people have to their money, and, you know. A lot of people know that they're, it's fed. And so there was a lot of fear out there. So it was really, I think, the hardest thing for me was not having a natural market because I was two hours away from where I grew up, where I started, because I started the business here in Wenatchee. And a lot of it was just the time of when I started. But after I overcame that hops, that obstacle of kind of like people's fear of just the time period that we were in, it really turned into a huge opportunity. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, tell me about your. Uh, I know you've got uh, literally thousands of clients today, but uh, take us back to client number one. Uh, you know, what was that? Uh, you know, how did your first customer and you uh, cross paths?
1: You know, first client was one. One of my first clients was a one of my high school buddies. I, I drove up north. And I sat down with another agent that was, you know, helped mentoring me. And we sat down with the, with the client and it was a really simple conversation of just basic protection and just basic, um, how do we take care of the kids and how do we take care of spouse, et cetera. And it was a really fun meeting, um, because I look back on it and it wasn't, it wasn't a hard meeting. There wasn't any tension. There wasn't any, um, back then it might have seemed to me that it was a really, really, really big deal because it's your first appointment, but it was a really seamless meeting and, and the, and the, the thing that I really appreciated about it was that the automatic trust that these young people had that they were my peers that they were there my same age that understood what I was trying to help them with, and they wanted the help. And that's really what I got out of the whole meeting was is that they wanted the help right from the beginning, and they were willing to act upon it, which gave me a lot of confidence from the first meeting. It was I've heard of some people, they start out, and they get a couple no's on their first meeting. Well, that could be really discouraging. My first meeting, we went, and we, we got a yes on the first meeting. And so that really helped Give me some early confidence, even on a little teeny, you know, small, maybe a couple hundred thousand dollar, just inexpensive 20 year term life, you'll see, and maybe $20 a month. But it was was a big policy to me.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, uh, did you uh, find uh, any similarities between that and your basketball career? You know, uh you know, you always hear of guys that their their shot is off today, but you just gotta keep on shooting and uh working on your form and uh, eventually the, the the ball's gonna go in, isn't it?
1: You're right, exactly. And I think it reminded me of a freshman on a on the varsity squad and it's it's the learning curve. And and you're not gonna you're not gonna be in the game hundred percent as a freshman and you might not play as much as you want, you might not get as many shots as you want. And it's it's real similar in this business. You might not have as many appointments as you want in your early in your career. You might not get as many leads as you want early in your career, but it doesn't mean you can't you you can't stop working hard. You can't stop working to get to that point to where you're starting every game or starting every day with as many appointments as you want. I think I think most careers kind of they evolve like that. And I know mine did for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, when you call on your clients uh, today, uh, are their primary concerns today any different than they were back when you first started out? Is it pretty much the same, or has customer concerns or priorities changed?
1: I think most, most of the clients that, that we work with, the, the concerns and the goals and objectives they're the same with different dollar amounts and different uh different financial pictures, but really it it's stayed pretty pretty much the same there's obviously things that happen in the economy and we have new elections we have um, all kinds of things and people bring those those events up that are just current events that are happening in the world, but at the end of the day their foundation or their their base of concerns and goals and objectives, they always stay, this, most of them, they stay the same. Yeah. And a lot of my clients are, they want to take care of their their families, they want to take care of their spouse, their kids, they want to transfer money in the most tax-efficient way. There's lots of core things that are always the same if you really get to the root of what's important to people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, it's uh you've got great enthusiasm, uh, which was one of the reasons I wanted to to visit with you. Uh, what excites you most about uh, the business that you're in and what you do?
1: I think it's the the opportunity to to really um, be value and to be able to create value. It's not uh, a lot of people talk about a value proposition, but. Um, you know, we want to bring value that's actually attainable to the table, and and a lot of it has to do with with myself and and how we design the office and how we grow the firm and uh, the endless possibilities. There's just there's tons of opportunities out there, and you know we're in a stage in our career where we're we're going to the next level and we're going to continue to go to the next level, and there's there's Living in the world of abundance versus scarcity is is a wonderful thing when you can get there because you, you really can almost get to a deeper level of helping people. And it, it no longer becomes about a transaction, which early in my career, a lot of our, our work was transactional. But now we're looking more and more forward to the deep conversations that people are willing to expose to be able to say... These are the things we really need help with. These are the, these are the problems and these are the things that we can't figure out how to solve these problems and we want your help to solve these.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And, and, and
1: yeah. those are the, I, I guess that's the excitement that I have is that's why I'm in the business is to, to really be the person that's going to be the planner, that's going to be able to be the person that's going to say, hey, I can solve those problems for you and they have the confidence to come to me always when they're going through something in their life or they can refer me to somebody that they know that i can help and it's just the excitement of serving people and i guess this this business is not about for me it, you know i didn't know anything about money i wasn't a finance major i didn't i didn't know anything about life insurance or any insurance when i first came into business and i don't think you you need to it's actually almost better if you don't yeah. background because this business is really helpful helping people and
0: loving people. Yeah, yeah. Well, say, I, I know before we started the call, you mentioned to me that you've got an important client coming in here this morning soon uh, that you've got to do a little preparation for. So we're going to wind it down. Uh, but I did want to just ask you a couple personal things before we go. And that is uh, when you're not in the office uh, working with clients, uh, what are you doing? Uh, what, uh, what do you do in your free time?
1: My wife and my son, we we get out. We like to travel. Uh, we like to go to to Mexico. But if we're not going to, on some trip on a beach, uh, just locally, we like to go camping and get out get out in the woods. We're lucky to live in the the middle part, the central part of the state of Washington. So we have great great lakes and great mountains, and it's fun to spend time in those mountains in the middle of nowhere, where you're not around. Any people, and so that yeah. hiking and for fishing, and that that that's right up my.
0: So it sounds like uh, so it sounds like you're able to head out for Lake Roosevelt on a Tuesday.
1: We we're getting close to that. We can now more. It's uh it's yeah. definitely it's a uh, it's an option now. I guess I yeah. put it that
0: way. Yeah, I understand. So do you have uh, do you take the dogs with you?
1: We take the dogs most everywhere. We love the dogs and. One of the dogs is, you know, about ten years old and still has a good lot of energy. But then our young, our two-year-old dog is a boxer, and anybody that has a boxer, they just have a ton of energy, and yeah. so it's good for them to to get out and be able to run and be free.
0: Yeah. Well, that sounds great. Uh, it, for our listeners, in case you came in a little bit late, this is uh, our guest today is Braden Dragoo, uh, who is the CEO and founder of Dragoo Financial in Wenatchee, Washington. And, uh, Braden, thank you so much for joining us today, and uh, we really enjoyed hearing your story.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having
0: me, Dennis. Oh, hi. You're still here. Say, if you are interested in reaching thousands of licensed insurance producers across the country, why not consider sponsoring a guest podcast? If you had sponsored this episode, we would be telling thousands of listeners daily about you and your company. Find our contact information to request prices and availability at insuranceradio.com.